All right, so welcome to the podcast Baila Room, and today I have a very special guest, uh, a colleague of mine, a dancer colleague, salsa colleague, and we met through uh, salsa. Uh, he is actually born in Morocco. Uh, he has a degree in computer science, and he works in the tech world as a business consultant. So we have a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about. We can talk dancing, tech, because I'm a really big yeah. tech lover, and his name is Mehdi Serrar, and welcome, Mehdi. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and uh, first of all, um, you were born in Morocco. Tell me uh, what brought you to Canada. Uh, yeah, so um, I started my studies in Morocco, and I was uh, more into into tech. I started uh, uh, back in the nineties in the tech when the internet started, uh, where no, nobody had a computer, nobody had internet at home. We barely started having computer at home, and I was a lot into technology. I I was sur surfing. I, I loved surf, and then I started surfing the web instead. <laughs> 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 Kept the same world. Um, then I started looking in uh, North America. They were more advanced into technology uh, compared to Morocco and even compared to Europe. So uh, I moved for uh, for studies. Awesome. It was like a natural path. Awesome. And <coughs> sorry. And uh, I mentioned you were a business uh, consultant. Mm -hmm. What does that do? It's very broad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very, very broad. Uh, well, it's a business solution. So uh, you get into a company that has a specific need or specific problem. And you think of what exists in first, can the problem be solved in technology? Uh, if you can, then what technology exists? or what technology can exist in the future to fix the problem. Sometimes you start on solutions that still don't exist now, but you know in three years from now, you start the project and that technology will exist. Uh, it's like looking at your uh, crystal ball and say, okay, you know what? In two, three years from now, we will get there mm. and the technology will be enough. Even if you start with a solution that uh, like you want a, a wearable, but the computer is that big, but you know that, in three years, you can have it like small enough to put in a wearable. How do you go about predicting this? Because uh, technology moves so fast. So um, there are ways talking to, uh, well, seeing what, it, what exists right now and how the evolution uh, works, seeing the, the new project. There are all, always R&D projects in different manufacturers. So you can, you can predict, you see, oh, we have a, some manufacturer will post, oh, we have a, this project and we're going to, reach that size in two, three years. So there are always ways of looking at what exists in a, in the computer world to, to get there. And uh, you did a degree in computer science. How mm -hmm. does that translate? So is, is your business solution always tech-based? Um, most of the time. But the, the thing is, um, it's more of a research and passion. Uh, most of the things that, that you study, you don't apply it into your, your job. Like what you study is in programming, you study uh, uh, ancient languages, but just give you some sort of a baggage or some sort of a degree mm -hmm. to give you the credential to work. But most of the whatever I do, it's something that I learn on my own. It's not something that you study really. Got it. And you're a consultant or you work for somebody like your employee? Both. Both. Yeah. And uh, can you name some companies or... 
Um, yeah, there is a, a company uh, close to uh, to my my house. I've been with them for a few years. Uh, it's called Kogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do uh, manufacturing, but they are on a, a high tech. Uh, they have a lot of high tech solutions, and they're always uh, they're always uh, featured in uh, different places as being uh, one of the most high tech companies that that does manufacturing. Uh, there is also, uh, for example, uh, Ubisoft, Microsoft, Google, and uh, companies like that. Awesome. Now dancing. Yeah. Now we, that, we have that in common. What was your first uh, time that you saw salsa or you were inspired by it or to start taking lessons? What, what was the first, the inception of salsa? <laughs> okay, so... Um, How that that salsa started is uh, I was uh, I was traveling in Cuba, and I was there and uh, I was by the pool. I remember that day and I saw some people just started dancing, and I mean I liked the the Cuban when they were dancing salsa. Then you go on the street and you see them again dancing. It was so it was so popular over there. It was so um, inspiring. It was so. I mean, I got inspired by that type of dance compared to a lot of dances before. So the first thing I did when I came back home, I started looking at where where can I learn? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that Montreal had such a big community uh, because when you don't dance, you don't know that. What time, what, what uh, the year you started? Uh, that was back in uh, 2012. 2012. And you've been dancing since? Since. Non-stop. So uh, from all the Facebook posts, Mm -hmm. you are probably one of the most, let's say, the the, the dancer that travels the most to congresses. Because (laughs) I have proof. I have have a visual. I have photos. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been in the congress scene. How many congresses do you do a year? Uh, (laughs) Come on. I do do, do a lot. What's the number? uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) About. Uh, I would say probably about 15, 16. I told you you were the, the most <laughs> tragic. <laughs> so I guess it's, it's, it's a, a serious passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it was a, a, a passion, but um, I want to translate it into also a business as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about that. Let's do after. it. Yeah, yeah okay. let's do it now. Uh, so um, what happened is, um, uh, as you know, I, I, I travel into congresses. And one day I was in, um, I was in, in the Congress of D.C. And uh, I was at the bar just having a drink with the, 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 the organizer. And then he started talking about uh, what he does and how he started the, the, the Congress It's one. It's one of the the good congresses. I love the the DC one, and um, yeah, I introduced myself and started talking about uh, what I do and uh, stuff. And he said, "Yeah, oh, you know what? We can we can probably do something something together." And he started talking just about his website, and I and I started pointing. Well, you can change this, that, uh, and he was, "Ah, oh, you know what? You you know that. So let's work together on something." And at that time, we just started talking about it. And he introduced me to um, Rudy Lopez. Um, he's, uh, he's known in the salsa scene as the DGL Tigre. 
He's one of the the three partners that started Island Touch. Uh, there is the Chigere, Ataka, Limana, the three of them. I love them. Yeah, they are, they are great. Nice people. And hi, and, if they are watching. Yeah, and, and great dancers. <laughs> yeah, Both yeah, they're amazing. Very cool they're amazing dancers. Yeah. And uh, so um, uh, start talking with with Rudy, and he we start bouncing off ideas on how can we work together, and we came up with. Um, uh, the first the first concept is having online classes um at that time online classes existed but we didn't like the how it was structured where you had some sites that offer online classes where you buy a workshop and you buy a workshop for like 8 or 9 dollar uh you get that workshop in your library you watch it online then it stays there for a week or two weeks it depends how much you bu- you bought the the workshop for then it disappeared. It's like you're renting a workshop. So we came up with the idea, okay, let's do it like a Netflix, where someone can go to a website and literally like Netflix, subscribe to a monthly fee, and he has access to all the workshop. If he's able to do all the workshop in one month and then unsubscribe, that's fine. But we have so much content that the people that are just going to stay there like, uh, like they do on Netflix... So we started that with, um, we partnered um, myself, uh, Island Touch, um, uh, Lee from DC, and uh, Daniel and Desiree. So we formed a, a company called Dance Egg. So that's danceegg.com. And from that, we saw that, yes, there is a need, there is an attraction. People are subscribing every month. They, that was a few years ago. And then we started, okay, you know what? This we are onto something. So let's start something something else. Then uh, Rudy came up with the idea. Let's do like a white labeling. So we what, what is that? Um, we we take the same technology and just duplicate it into other artists. So let's say um, we do it with the we did it with the Santo Rico. Uh, so basically, we build the same same thing for them, where they put all their videos. And uh, people subscribe to their site where you have, they have their, it's branded to them and they have only a uh, workshop by Santo Rico. Uh, we did it for uh, Areto Arts. Um, we did one just for uh, Island Touch uh, that had just their videos where Dance Egg before it had videos from many artists. So now we start doing just for artists and we do uh, a shared revenue between us and the artist. Um, so that, have them because they the artist doesn't have to take care of anything all the whole infrastructure the whole technology the whole everything it's taken care of bandwidth everything's taken care of all they have to do is just to su- supply the videos how h- hard is it to keep this artist that is quite busy to mm-hmm. produce quality material is it is it challenging because you want to renew your material if, yeah. you, if there's a subscription we, based we 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 do um uh, like I'm not the one that's taking care of it. That's um, uh, on Island Touch parts. They mm-hmm. are the one that uh, handle this part. But uh, they schedule a full day of uh, of filming. Like they film six months in advance, and then every month we we have six months worth of material, and every month we add we add videos. So we don't. So this way, we all we have to do is just film twice a year, um, and they they try to do it when they invite them. Like when Island Touch has a congress. They invite the artists into the Congress and they take one day before the Congress to film with them. Got so it. they are they are local. What is different between that service and all the other 
kind of subscription-based service that they offer already, that kind of concept. I saw it because I was looking to that, mm -hmm. like all these programs. And there is like websites that sell teaching material or or it's basically take a share. Is it the same thing or is it a bit different? It's almost the same. Like if you look at, um, well, this is a really monstrous sites like uh, masterclass.com. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it's the same concept where masterclass... Uh, You don't pay per uh, per month. You pay per year because yeah. I know I'm I'm subscribed to them. I'm, I'm too. You you pay per year and you have access to all their material. It's the same concept. It's just we have a monthly uh, payment, and we do exactly the the same. It's just now we are offering it just to one artist so that uh, so the branding is stronger. Uh, yeah. The how masterclass works is they they don't share revenue. They pay. The, the 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 person a certain amount to supply the videos Got it. and then he's gone. Got it. Um for us it was it was different because we wanted to keep getting material and the artist keeps the right to his material because it's just a shared revenue. Mm. Now we just started the last one that we are doing now is for Karel Flores. Uh it's in filming now and we're launching it soon. Uh and there are some other artists in uh, in the work that so there is There is an attraction to that. There is a, and our next one we're gonna start doing. Uh, probably gonna be working on a, the first virtual congress, mm. so that people will pay to attend the congress from their home. Uh, probably. What about <coughs> what about the fact? Like I have a, um, um, I have a strange relationship with videos. <laughs> I love them. I love to watch other people dance. I enjoy going on YouTube. I like to watch instructional material just to get me out of my own things. Yeah. But I end up not being as um, thorough about ingesting the material than if I would, let's say, take a class from uh, uh, one of my colleagues downtown. You know, just, ah, just yeah, give, yeah. give me a class just to refresh because I'm so busy with everything. I, I barely get Like when Mamboland came, yeah. I thought Jesus came. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is it. This is good for me yeah. as a dancer, just to get my my butt whooped. It's good for me to be in that setting where I don't have to think, I don't have to teach, I don't have. It's it's about training my body and my mind. And I I feel I wonder how can you reproduce that necessity? For for example, I'll, I'll make the question mm -hmm. even more clear. When people buy those those memberships, yeah. if they want to really do it well, they need to get together with somebody because we're partner dancing. Yeah. There's no reason to sit there in a, in a living room just watch, hey, this is amazing, you know, instructional. You need to get together. And I don't know <clears throat> how many people pull that off really in, in a disciplined fashion. Yeah. I, I'm talking personally because uh -huh. I really suck at uh, watching a video and training alone. I need to go to a place. Yeah. I need interaction well it's not uh, it's not for 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 everyone for sure uh, but the thing what what we found and it's something that we we discuss all the time to see how can we help people uh, get into that mode to be disciplined the first thing is um, when you find yourself that you are willing to pay every month and you see the bill coming to your credit card every month then it's It's a reminder for you. Oh, I gotta go check, check it. It's like paying for Netflix, and you see it every it month. And it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's a true, true. So that's that's one thing. The second thing is, people go to Congress, they attend a workshop, and they film at the end. A year after that, they did other Congresses. So a year after that, when they are in a in a social 
and they want to try the same thing, they go to their videos, it's hard for them to go back to that video that was filmed a year ago and try to find between all the photos and videos they, they took. So um, one of the things that we, we were working on to help in that fashion is that every one of these sites will have also a mobile app. So it's easy for you to, when you watch, you go to a social, you open your mobile app and you have your favorite workshops that, that are already there. Got it. So you get a refreshment. The other thing is your mobile app will be able to uh, cast it to your TV. So you're in your living room and you're standing and you are doing it. Mm. To go to the partner part, there are a lot of things that, that are in there that are just shines that you can practice on your own. Yeah. And of course, yes, there is the, the partner side as well that, yes, you need the partner one. Um, a lot of these sites also, if you look at Santorico one, um, it's offered also to beginners that never danced salsa. So mm. they start with a base, the base. They start even with the music, and uh, they start on how you count. And so this is also targeted. You start from the beginner stage, you go to the advanced, uh, to intermediate and advanced. So and it's structured into different levels of, of classes on how Santo Rico in New York gives the classes. Hmm, that's cool. And what what about uh, a congress? When you say you're going to attend a congress virtually, yeah. What are the elements that that you will put that will bring it closer to real life? Okay, so um, the the, con the the virtual congress uh, actually it's um, we are still discussing a lot of um, love concerns that other people had, um, but one thing that's going to be attracting first is that when you're doing a virtual congress, then you're not paying artists for travel, for a hotel, for uh, their food and all this, you're not doing all, all that. So what that allows you to do is to get the top artists from all over the world from their place to film. So in that sense, you're organizing a virtual congress and you can afford to get the best, all the best artists. Imagine a, imagine a, a congress where you have just the all-stars. Hmm. So that's one thing. The second thing is we are discussing the option of partnering with different cities in different countries looking at promoters where they will have for example a social and uh, a screen where you have the workshop on that screen and then the source people start the social with the with the dj so you mm. can have multiple cities doing it at the same doing the congress at the same time so to give that social aspect as well not just sitting in your living room or it could be where you're sitting in your living room during the day and After that, you change and you go to the so the social. So that's something that we are offering. The social will be where these artists are giving the workshop, and then they go. The artist also goes to the social in, in their city. Mm. So this is something that we are discussing as well. Um, it's not it's not finalized yet. It's still like in really in the early stages, but it's coming. How do you, I'm I'm wondering would I go to a projection of an artist with no interaction it's I'm just asking myself it depends it depends if you're um uh, give you uh, an example look at um uh, Daniel and Desiree yeah it's been a few years they haven't been to the US so if you are a US citizen and you live there and you like them 
that would be the only way for you to get a workshop from them. Got it. So it depends. If you live uh, in South Korea, it's hard for you to go to Europe. How would it be sold? Like the uh, like an event? An uh, yeah. event with a projection? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be an event like an online. And we did, we did a few tests uh, where um, it, was, it, was, it was fun because we, what we do is in few congresses, the congresses that have um, Island Touch, so basically the congress at uh, um, Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, the Chicago one mm-hmm. uh, that's coming in April, and there is in May uh, in the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and also the DC one, uh, obviously. We, do, we live stream the shows. And uh, uh, we live stream the shows and the concert, if there is a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, we live stream it for free so people can watch. And that gets a lot of attraction, uh, people. People connect from all over the world. They are interested in, in watching this stuff online. Um, so by having this experience, what we started looking at, some of the comments when we are doing the live on social media, like on Facebook, we started getting like selfies where you see a big screen or a big projector and you have a whole team sitting there watching a show, watching a workshop and they took a selfie from the whole team and posted it. So got we it. say, oh, people from Russia, they are doing this and sending us a picture that they got like 12 people sitting in the same room watching this. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a need there, there is interaction. Of course, it will never be being in front of the person and having because there is a feedback from the instructor. Uh, you can't beat that. But it gets close. I guess everybody that live also remotely. Remotely, that's big time. There is also uh, there is also the cost. Uh, you go to a congress, a hundred, two hundred dollar. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not committed to a price, but you might have a really big congress where you pay just fifty dollar, thirty dollar. So there is a the cost factor where people have to travel, they have to pay their hotel. There is a lot of cost, not just the, to pay the congress, but a lot of cost around the the congress. That's way more than the congress itself got it and you were lately at a tampa congress yeah okay yeah that was and uh, i saw a video mm-hmm. of, of you and uh lee twins yeah one of like lee twins are hip-hop dancers yeah. that were probably invited there yeah which are monsters and i and i'm a big fan of them yeah they're great what, is, what it is to see them live uh gosh <laughs> they are probably right now from from what i've seen and people i met they are probably one of the most amazing artists, and by artists, I mean well-round artists, not just in the in the dancing. And uh, they're so humble, and not humble just because they are with fans. Even behind closed doors, they are still humble, and they are uh, they know where they are coming from. They know this is my origin, and I'm proud of it. Um, to give you an idea, they they. They had a they had a, a show, and they said, you know what, we have some some choreos, but it's contracted with the TV, and it's it didn't air yet, so we can't do it uh, because we are under contract. But our show, it was a freestyle, so we're like, okay, so they had the music running, and they started dancing. It was a choreo, it, and and the reason why is. It doesn't matter during a social what song the DJ was throwing at them. They know all the songs by heart. Like, not just the lyrics, not just the music, but every single instrument in the 
in the music i was on the um, i was with the one of the the sound engineers there and um uh laurent one of the twins he was talking to him and say how how the how it sounds the music and he, the the guy put the music and i'm like okay i'm like oh nice and laurent looked at him like there are some instruments that are missing he said how i dance is i i know all my instruments there are so the engineers went back to his console, start looking. and like, yeah, you're right. And so they hear every <laughs> single instrument when they are there. And they, they know it by heart. They know all the songs by heart. They know it's amazing. They're beautiful to watch. Like it's yeah. the cream of the crop of the dancers in the whole world. Yeah. Like it's the top tier, like the top two, three dancers, yeah. all styles, you know, I think across the board. It's one of the only backup dancers that I've seen with the... Uh, Beyonce, yeah, they were in her show. They were the only backup dancers that I've seen where she steps back hmm. and she let them dance, you know, mm. with the crowd. Yeah, like you don't see that. Usually, the singer is singing and you have the backup dancers dancing around. Yeah, she really stepped back and let them dance. Here you go. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know about Lee Twins, just go on YouTube and write Lee Twins. Twins, L-E-S Twins. Um, so you've been doing congresses since 2012 um you saw them evolve mm -hmm. okay what do you what do you notice the tendencies good and bad okay uh <laughs> well the what from what i saw that the tendencies regarding the artists i've now i see that congresses have less and less international artists that they bring but they offer more for example they offer more shows uh they offer um for example um a concert where before they would put the budget on bringing s artists uh like five international artists now they're gonna bring just two for example mm -hmm. and they're gonna put the money somewhere else for example to have a better pro uh, production to have screens on the on the <coughs> i don't know if that's something that people want but it's working in a lot of congresses there are a lot of that start offering more and more rooms um in in uh in tampa they used to have i think uh two rooms usually it was before just salsa and bachata mm -hmm. uh now i think they have four or five dc is the most ridiculous one dc they offer like 12 rooms uh, what do you think about expanding the styles like it started as a salsa congresses and then bachata then kizomba they just bring him along what do you think yeah about that? that's what people want there are some congresses where uh kizomba is as big as bachata mm. uh, the community of kizomba is growing uh, still yeah, yeah yeah it's still growing they start having some they even have uh, in dc they did uh, even a, one of the concerts was a kizomba concert mm. uh they bring uh, good artists, uh, f a lot of them from Europe, Spain, or Portugal. Uh, they're amazing, uh, Kizomberos there. Um, so you can see that uh, Kizomba is... Before, you used to see that salsa artists are way bigger and some bachateros, and they started bringing a lot of good bachateros, like when they started with Daniel and Desiree, uh, Taka Alemana. And now you can see that a lot of stars now are from Kizomba they are coming mm. and they uh, they because the community is growing especially in the US more in the US I would say than uh, here in Canada I do you dance Kizomba? 
No, I, I, I did some basic uh, classes of Kizomba, but uh, no, I'm not a Kizomba. No, no it, it doesn't talk to you? Or uh, what's the deal? I, you know what? I love the music. I love listening to the, the music. It's one of my favorite styles to listen to. Uh, but it's not that I, I don't like dancing it. It's just I don't have enough time to... I don't want to cheat. So I'm not... I'm not. I'm still have a lot of uh, um, a lot of things to do in bachata and salsa and learn more and grow in these styles mm-hmm. that I don't have time to give to kizomba. Cool. So we have something else in common. Yeah. <laughs> the love for electrical vehicles. Yes. Uh, and you, you, st- you, you, you actually contributed uh, <clears throat> for me to even. Uh, go even further into that route by le- letting me sit in your Tesla at yeah. some point. And you said, yeah, come for a ride, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I sat and I was blown away by the simplicity of the design. I remember coming in the car and thinking, man, there's no buttons. Yeah. That's the first reaction, <laughs> right? And then you, you feel the power and you go completely bonkers, you know? So that's basically my, it, it was one of my dreams. And when, when um, I saw once in an auto show, There was, I saw the Lotus modified and I went to talk to the guys. I'm not sure if I talked to the original engineers mm-hmm. or it was Elon. I have no idea. Yeah. I have vague recollection. But I remember the way they approached me and they talked to me because I was young. They knew I didn't have money. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so they just said, I remember they, they said that sentence. They said, we need guys like you to spread the word. Like that means you have no money. So, just <laughs> <laughs> spread the word to people that have money exactly, to buy it. <laughs> so back then it was ridiculous. Like it was something 150,000 or something like that. But it was a modified Lotus with yeah. a lot of batteries into it. Yeah. And I just remember, I was like, well, that's crazy. You know, it was like crazy. And then I saw the movie like the uh, Who Killed the Electric Car. And, yeah. and I was like, man, it really exists. And then I went to check out the history books. And, and there was electric cars before gas cars. And then the Model T came in and screw everything. And... I was thinking, well, you know, I just love whatever Tesla produces. The mm. whole thing, the whole thing, no commercials, the, the innovation, and they're pushing the boundaries. And I said, one day I'll buy a, 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 a car from mm. them. But I didn't have the budget to buy an S or an X. And then uh, they said they released the Model 3. And I'm like, all right. So they saw the entry price. I go calculate the, the give back of the government. I go... The, the savings of the gas, because I do a lot of road, like crazy, like I spend three, four thousand dollars a gas a, a year. Yeah. So minus, 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 I go, well, I can cheaper. buy this. <laughs> I can buy this, you know? So then I went crazy, because now I'm thinking, man, I can really buy it. Like it's yeah. not something far-fetched. And I just press the button when I say to people, it's like buying a, a, a toy on Amazon and just like click a press. button, press a button, then they call you, your car is ready, you come in and they give you the car. Yeah. And, and, it, and that was crazy. And so the whole experience was amazing. I love the car. But what I do now, and, and it's beyond, I don't know why I do this. I like to have people in or even lend them to drive. And I, I like to sit there and watch their face. Yeah. Because a lot of time people think that it's all, it's all fluff. Like it's an electric car. Like, what can he do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a beast, right? So even people that are like, You know those muscle guys. Car. Like, muscle car. I need the sound. Because <laughs> you need the sound. Come in my car. You'll yeah. see what you need. And uh, uh, 
I want to be, before before we uh, I, I let you talk. <laughs> I'm so excited about this thing. So I I remember just a, a little funny story. Um, I, there's a Amazon delivery boy, like it was maybe tops tops 19 18 years old. He rings the door and he gives me the package and he looks and he looks to my car and goes, "Oh, that's a Tesla." And I go, "Yeah, it's a Model 3." He goes, "Oh man, that's my dream car." And I go, that's your dream car. And I get out of the house and you go, you're going to go drive it. And oh, the, wow. the guy just lost his shit. Wow. He was taking his phone out, trying to Instagram people yeah. like, while getting in the car. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm telling him like, whoa, relax, relax, relax. Give me, give me the phone. Give me yeah. the phone. Just put your hands on the wheel. I'll, I'll Instagram. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll Instagram you. And he's talking. He's like, my parents are not going to believe this. And I just made him drive just around the corner, yeah. right? And he lost it. But wow. There's something about these vehicles, and I'm not a car guy at all. Like people think I'm a car guy or whatever. Not car guy, zero. A tech guy. I love technology. Yeah. There's something about these vehicles that just the, it, it, it boggles the imagination. And then when you get in, you get twice the power, twice the speed. They update every every six months. My car gets better. So what do you need, right? Yeah. How did you get into electric vehicles? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I saw in the beginning looking at the um, the the roadster. I, I I remember I saw a video um, of uh, um, oh gosh I forgot the name that guy the British guy that does cars and and stuff. Uh, you say I'm not a car guy. I can't help you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, there is this British guy that that brings a lot of uh, reviews on cars, mm-hmm. and I saw one of on one of his videos, and he's a muscle car guy. And one of his videos was about the uh, the roadster. Well, it was a Lotus that now mm-hmm. they convert to roadster. Yeah. And and I remember looking at this and I was like, hmm, this company Tesla. So I started looking at, at at Tesla, and then that's when I knew it was by Elon Musk. And and I knew Elon Musk for for uh, for a long time because I remember Elon Musk when uh, his his story when he started the PayPal. And uh, I I knew that this guy is a visionary because when he started PayPal, I remember he was saying that he was looking for an investment. Uh, he needed an investment for his PayPal back in the 90s. And he was looking for something ridiculous like $10,000 or something like that. And he didn't get it because he was saying that people were all telling him that this thing is not going to work because... The internet is not for that. That no one will ever buy anything on the internet. They won't. You don't need PayPal because PayPal just to pay on the internet, and people they like to go to a store to touch something and to buy it. And he's like, no. And he found the money, and and uh, now we know how <laughs> he saw he's on PayPal and how it was successful. Mm-hmm. So looking back now, people are buying from the internet, and, but he he saw it coming. So. I was like, okay, this this is interesting, but they were still far from uh, the the Model S. They were just, and it was very expensive. the 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 roadster was very very expensive, and they didn't produce that 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 many. So I I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is interesting, and I started looking at uh, some documentaries about the electric cars and stuff. And I was I was still interested, but you know, I just kept it on the the back burner. And one day they, I saw a video when they came up with the the uh, the Model S, 
one of my friends he sent me the the video like look this is an ipad on a car I'm like what do you mean an ipad on a car <laughs> so i go online and start looking and started reading I'm like oh this is the tesla that did the roadster i started looking at the car i think it took me probably uh three weeks and they came up with the new model after 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 that because they released it before and i'm like okay i'm 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 getting I'm getting one, so I went online and uh, I went actually to I found out that they were in at that moment they were not in Montreal they didn't have the dealership in Montreal they had one in Laval, a really small uh, shop in Laval, so, and I remember walking there and and seeing the the uh, the the technician in the back and it was all clean there is no oil nothing it was like all clean floor I've never seen a, a garage like that, and I started talking to. Uh, the salesperson they had me uh, we did the we did the tour a tour a test drive and that uh lady she was sitting next to me and and she goes yeah and we have this and that and she goes and we even have if you like muscle cars and you like the engine there is an option to have that type of sound in your engine I'm like oh okay let's let's do it and she brought a, a video of an engine from her phone, and she just <laughs> ran it. <laughs> like, there you go. Now you can you can go on the highway. So oh like, oh God. wow. So I was on. It was a winter time. I was on the highway, and I was uh, I think I was at ten a uh, hundred, and it was it was snowing. So she's like, yeah, you can take the exit here, and I was gonna, and she goes, take the exit, but don't slow that much. Like what do you mean? Usually I slow down. Yeah, just just take the. I took the exit and I saw that it was so stable. And that's where she explained the the concept of the the big battery, the weight that it's getting mm-hmm. closer to the the ground. And I'm like, wow, that's so stable and it's, it's nice. And so I was convinced. And then I'm like, how do we order it? She's like, it's up to you. And they didn't put any pressure to you, like how oh, why yeah, they huh? because there is no. The, it's not it's not a dealership it's yeah. just a service center when i tried it for a first time as, as a test drive the guy shook my hand and walked away yeah yeah and I, I was left in a st- in, in 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 like in a in a parking lot alone with my feelings yeah I go, ah, ah, ah. so so i asked her i like okay though no, she she goes well you can go home go online and you order it from there yeah. or you can we have a computer here you can i can order it with you but whatever i do it's on the public website. Like we don't have any special program to order it. Like it's the same process. We do yeah. it at home. We do it here. It's the same thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So it, well, but if you do it at home, gives you time to choose your color. There is no pressure. So she suggested it's better if you do it at home. But I can do it with you here if you want. Like, okay, I'm gonna wait. And that night I went online, put the deposit, and ordered it. At that time, it took it took a long time to get. I think it was six months mm-hmm. uh, or so when you order it. Now it's it's so fast, like uh, three weeks, and you get delivery. Uh, Why do you think there's there's um, like a strange preconceived notion about these cars that actually, when you try them, you, it wipes away? Like, yeah. Why do you think that that's the well? The first the first thing that people ask all the time is, well, what happened when you when you have no more battery what do you have when you you don't have any gas in car no no so what happens when you have no battery and i, I ask the same question what do you have what do you do when you have no gas in your car well i i don't let it go that far i stop and i yeah. i gas like same thing <laughs> you know how long you're going to take you stop and you charge your car 
It's just like, oh, yeah, makes makes sense. But for some reason, people think because it's electric, you're going to lose your parts like a phone. You mm-hmm. you have to. But And how Tesla did it, they have they planned the trip. They have the, the trip planner now, and it knows how long it's going to take, when you charge, how long it's going to charge. They have now an amazing uh, supercharger network that they uh, – they and they're still adding more and more when i got my car the only supercharger that was close i think was at their service center uh there was not the laval one uh, now there is one in terban in brossard mm-hmm. uh i think there is santeres now they are um in, up north in uh, tremblant now they are everywhere mm. but they're still adding more and more um but p- yes of course if you want to go for example to uh uh, go far uh, in Quebec. Sometimes, he, yes, there is no supercharger there. You got, now they have one in Rivière des Loups. So, so they're they're getting more and more. But that was the 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 the, the, the consumption when people is you gonna lose your power. Second is when I get into the car, it's it doesn't have as much power as a muscle car. Which is the opposite when they... It's a lie. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, everybody that loves cars with sound and power, when they get in the car, it, it, it's like they, it, it screws up their perception. Because yeah. now they don't, they don't know what to do because it's like, um, you know, I have a muscle car. It makes a lot of noise and it goes really fast. Yeah. Now you go to the other car, it goes twice as fast at twice, and, and, and twice the speed and it doesn't make any noise. So what do you do? You're just you're gonna say to me, yeah, but I need that noise. That's what they say. Yeah. And a couple of guys said, yeah, but I need that noise. <laughs> and I told them the same thing. Is I'll make the noise next to you. I'll send yeah. you a recording. Yeah. What like, do you need it for? You ready? Go. Yeah. What do you need it for? But also the 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 thing is about autopilot. The fact that you have an autopilot in the car, that when I use it, it's it's true that it relieves a lot of the stress of you that you're when you're driving all you have to do is just leave your hand on the wheel and just follow follow do you the... think one, one of my friends had a really good point he said is it possible that we're going to lose the ability to drive um like we, we we're going to be ha- slowly lazy drivers we don't check our dead spots we're just like eh, the computer is doing a good ha- job here, here is the thing does it really matter i think it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. If if the car gets to a point where it's hundred percent autonomous, I give you an uh, um, use of the. You know now with the new update, you have we have a smart summon. I love it. So I used it for something really, I, like something really useful, just probably three weeks ago. So let's explain the smart summon is what before. Yeah. So yeah, s- smart summon is when you um, when you are in a parking lot. Uh, Eventually, it's gonna be working everywhere, not just parking lot. But right now, it works only in a big parking lot. Uh, so you park your car, and wherever you are, you you press a button. Uh, the car has to be in a line of sight, of, of course, so that you can see it. And you press a button on your phone, and basically, the car comes to you. Basically, like Night Rider. Exactly the same. And if you have an Apple Watch, it's brilliant. You can oh, really go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you can true. bring it to your mouth and just go. Come and get me. Yeah. What were you about to say about uh, um, smart summon? Yeah. So about two three weeks ago, um, uh, I play I play uh, soccer every every uh, every week, and I played soccer that night and I got a really bad injury to a point where the next day I was in crutches 
for for a week. I was mm. like my I hurt my ankle, so I couldn't. I came out literally jumping in one 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 foot. So I got outside and I pressed smart summon, and the car just came to me, and I got into the car and drove home. I did it in a restaurant once. Yeah, and and there was a car behind that wanted to pass. My car stopped. We for, all our family get on get in. Me yeah. on one side, the other side, and my kids on both sides. And I was thinking it must be a strange sight from the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Like the car was moving, it stopped, the driver got in. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. And, but the, the, the real question is, the real, real, real question is, are you going to buy the Cybertruck? I ordered one. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. A lot of people, they say, or I have a lot of friends that they say, yeah, I ordered one. We didn't order one. We put a deposit yeah. of $100 on one. But do you have the intentions to going through? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Because they are releasing it in two years. And by experience, whatever Tesla promise, uh, things change during production. Once they, they start wrapping up the production, the design might change. The interior might change. The price might change. A lot of things can change. Mm. Sometimes to the better, but we don't know. So at that time, I'm going to check what what's available. And if I do it... But here is the the the, the thing. Uh, I think they had, they say two hundred thousand uh, cars that are, and that's the, one of the reason why they did it a hundred dollar, is to just say to the shareholders, hey, we have two hundred thousand cars that are ordered. Mm-hmm. It sounds good, but that's just twenty million dollars. Yeah. So, uh, so one of the not one of the things that I was that I was looking at is how how this car is going to perform on the road, how there are a lot of things, but worst thing comes to worst because I ordered it the same night when they announced it. So worst comes to worst in two years from now, when they're going to start, the lineup is going to be so big that probably people that want it, they're going to get it in four or five years from now. Mm. So if I don't want it, I can, I can sell my spot to someone. If someone wants to buy a car for sixty, seventy thousand dollars and wants and wants it right away instead of waiting another two, three years, he will have no problem paying five hundred dollar extra for it or a thousand dollars. You're a businessman. Yeah, never here know. we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, what did you th- think about the whole reveal? I'll let you know what I thought because <laughs> I saw it live. Did you see it live? I, I, I saw it live. Jesus, I saw it live. I, w- I was actually in uh, Las Vegas in a um, uh, work conference, mm-hmm. uh, a Microsoft conference, and uh, when we finished, uh, because we were in the same uh, uh, time zone as uh, in uh, California where, we, where they did it, so I went back to my my room. I was uh, with one of my colleagues, and we we both opened the laptop and we we think to the the reveal. I was surprised seeing the, the 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 design, but not that much because a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of hints that uh, Elon Musk gave was about uh, the, the the movie uh, um, uh, Blade Runner, no. Blade Runner, Blade Runner, yeah, yeah, and and he was saying it's gonna be even more badass than I mean, Blade Runner. Think about it; like he says that, and you're thinking. Like, you know, one thing I, I, th- I thought really odd, you know, when you go to auto shows yeah. and you see all the concept cars, yeah. you know it's not going to go on production. Yeah. Like, it's, it's granted. And yeah. It's really nice, but it looks like something from a museum in 100 years. Yeah. If you show me this car, I would have thought the same thing. Mm. I thought when it was happening that the shell 
is going to go up, up and we're going to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and, and in my headspace, I was nodding. He goes, no, 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 no. Come on, guys. You're going to, uh, that's it. We're, you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's too weird. And the, what, what actually convinced me, it's not even my opinion that changed. I sent the link to one of my uh, good buddies. He showed me a picture of what they're working on. And I told him it's a fake. And he goes, the one that's going to be revealed, it's not going to look like your picture you sent me. Mm. I'm going to send you the picture when it's revealed. Because he's looking to buy a truck. Yeah. And he's a, a car lover. He likes the sound of the car. So we're talking about not me. Yeah. right? So I send him the link with already like an opinion, a bad opinion. Right? Like, what do you think of it? This is, <laughs> you know, it's like a dodgy, you know. He said, I bought one. And at that point, I knew there was something there. Yeah. He goes, are you serious? Did you see this? Did you see the specs? Did you see the price? He goes, it's a no-brainer. That's what he said to it me. It is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. If you're thinking about... And the other thing that... I, interesting comment. I, I, I remember listening to a couple of um, vlogs. The guy said, you will never hear a guy that bought a truck say it's beautiful. It's a beautiful... Like, I bought this truck because of its beauty. They're very functional, right? Yeah. They want something rugged. Yeah. So if there's something from a Mad Max movie... <laughs> yeah well, let's it do is. it but can you imagine the first time these trucks are going to be here in montreal turning the corner everything's going to stop yeah like right now with my model three the kids when i bring the kids are talking to me yeah. like like we're talking about seven year old six year old they yeah. know they know about the car yep that's crazy that it their imagination when i stop you you must live that tons of times because you're one of the first ones i got a car an electric car. When you stop at the stops, everybody stops talking, start pointing. Yeah, yeah. It, and a lot of people they give you like the 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 the, the thumbs up uh, <laughs> on the road. I now less because you know it's, it's common. It's, it's common. But uh, before you used to be, and, or people just ask, "What is that?" You're, you I don't were, know the car. You were a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fading. But, but <clears throat> the the what what I saw from that that truck is uh, you gotta remember you saw the reveal when he, when they show. This is the design for the past hundred years of truck. They were all same design. Mm -hmm. All all car manufacturers they had the same design. So it was obvious that they're gonna come up with something. You can't expect them to do the same design as the other truck. That's one thing. The second is, remember, Elon Musk is a visionary. He is he's like preparing the world for something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> you saw on the, on the Tesla the 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 um, what's called the 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 AC when you you have the uh, auto the uh, bio bio defense mode. That's I don't I don't have bio defense, so I'm gonna be the first to die. To die, <laughs> no problem. But but he is preparing for for that. Like even if you have a chemical attack, you're safe inside your car. And now he has a car that even if you have someone pointing a gun at you, you're safe inside your car. That's crazy. It's a bulletproof car. But when you see, especially a lot of things that are happening in the U.S., people are going to be safe in their car. They're going to feel that safety. A lot of people, they're going to buy this car just for safety. <coughs> And remember, Tesla was, it was considered one of the safest cars, like Model S, yeah. uh, on the road. And now they're following that same logic by having this truck. Also, it's not just that. It's functional by having 110 and 220 volts that are available that you can plug into it they have the um, 
a compressor that are so it's really for a worker that works in construction that has tools they can just plug it the air compression you can plug his tool and work with it they're offering an, the ATV is going to be an option that you can buy uh, that left it until the end you can you can't buy it right now on its own but it's an option that comes with the car you can have an ATV i saw a barbecue as an option i saw uh, the a tent uh, as an option for camping they have a lot of this stuff that are coming mm. and i i see that it opens a door for a lot of aftermarket people you're going to have a lot of companies that are going to start making these accessories for this uh, this truck it's going to be crazy yeah 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 he's uh, plowing ahead huh yeah he's like look at the solar look at the now he's even talking they will have an option with the with the solar roof did look you up. go that route did you explore that route the solar roof yeah it's still like very expensive uh, Compare, here, here in quebec we have so cheap electricity it's exactly Jesus. It's, it just doesn't make sense i think sense. it's the cheapest in the world yeah they they even now with the new roof is less expensive they just came up with the version 3 of the the yeah. solar panel but it's still expensive for, for for us here our electricity just it just doesn't make sense one of the things that i was looking at is the the power wall maybe because when you have the winter and you have no no power mm-hmm. you need you have to have your your backup yeah. but it's still expensive for what it's worth for how long it's going to you're going to use it for in a year unless you have a big disaster but it's uh, it's still not uh, not there yet uh, price wise but i mm. think it's going to come down now uh let's just talk about a bit about the autopilot function on yeah. the car um it's still a bit controversial mm-hmm. and a lot of times when i discuss it with my friends i always ask the same question it goes at one point because they don't want to let the car drive right they're just freaking out it goes at one point if i tell you statistically you are more safe with the autopilot on than off would you still put it on off and i told them i'm the first one to let go of the wheel because i'm a pragmatic guy you tell me i'm twice as safe perfect put it on i want to do something else i want to yeah. watch netflix yeah you know and they don't no, no, i can't let it drive yeah but i'm telling you you're safer i know there's like a component in the human behavior where they want to feel in control yeah they think they are in control but if i tell you I show you the data, like I come in with the data and let's say non-biased data, not data for Tesla, like some serious study. Yeah. There's an autopilot on, one death. No autopilot on, <laughs> no 10 deaths. Yeah. It's going to screw up the whole insurance business. You know, there's going to change a lot of things, right? The business model of insurance is going to change. There are a lot of things that are going to, well, we are in a, sh- right now we, we are in a shift where uh, ba- basically the same answer that I get from my friends is, no, I won't. I won't let it drive. Remember, when I got it the first time and I activated the autopilot, I was on the highway. I was scared because here, here I am in a brand new car that's very expensive. Better testing. And yeah, and I activate this that I'm supposed to trust. I was I, I was seeing cars passing me by and I'm just looking, am I too close? Am I? But then at at some point you trust you trust the 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 car. And the the thing is when people say you know no i trust myself when i'm driving more than i trust a car and like okay that's a valid point you you have a lot of trust in yourself but if you if something happened because that's the their thing if you have a car that's cutting me off or someone breaks and and i always tell them imagine you you have a brain you can you can you can do the math and you can react really quick but when you look at a computer in a split of second, 
the computer already calculated millions of possibilities of what's the best way for me to handle this situation and I will choose the best one, your brain can't function that fast. 100%. It cannot function that fast. So if something really happened quick and you need someone to react really quick and choose the best way to handle the situation, it's a computer. And also, you trust a plane. A plane is an auto autopilot. You think that right now pilot do something? No, they're there just as a backup. Planes, they've been on autopilot for a long time. And if something happens with the plane, there is a good chance you can die. If something happens with the car, you might get a bump. You might, you know, something can happen. Yes, you can die, but less chances than when you're on a plane. But still, you trust a plane on an autopilot on a, on a plane. They've, this technology existed for years, since the 70s. But now we're putting in cars, and all of a sudden, because you were the one that's driving, you don't trust it anymore. What about the paradox? Like, for example, the hard coding of situations. The, the typical example is always, okay, um, the car's sliding. It has the choice to adjust to hit the grandmother or adjust to hit the child. Is that something that coders think about or they actually going to have to hard code in the system they they, they do all, well actually there is there is a worse situation and this is a, a bigger paradox where this will have to do with insurance companies and with the car manufacturer they uh, there is situation that they always talk about is you have an ai on a because on in um, uh, las vegas the conference that was in the microsoft conference uh, it was about uh, ai so they brought that Tesla example saying, well, let's say you are in full uh, full autonomous driving. What Tesla wants in the future is you are sitting in the back seat. There is no driver and just driving you. So it happens in a situation where the car has two, two, only two options. If he goes to option A, he's hitting someone and killing someone in front of him. Option B, He's killing the, the person that's in the car. Get into a big accident and, and you're in the backseat, you're going to die. I think we should kill the other one. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. If, if I have to choose between two people, I choose it myself. <laughs> Good choice. And as a car manufacturer, of course, the car is going to choose the customer. Let who me just... the car? Let me just... But that decision has to be done by somebody to hard code the system or to input that information, or no? Yes, it, ha it has. It, it, there is a um, in AI. There is a uh, there is always a decision making tree, and decision making tree is is hard coded by a developer that says, "What if we have this situation? This this is two two ways of handling it, and I want you to give priority to this." So you need to ensure the guy that's making the call. You see what I mean? Um, no, actually, what I think is. It's not even the coder. It's not even uh, uh, Elon Musk that would make the decision. Well, if we talk about Tesla, but there are other companies yeah. that are doing the uh, autonomous. Um, that's I. I think that's decision that will come with the lawmaker. When you get to that point where legislator they kind of come to approve a car, because what what will happen is they're gonna be approving. Um, Because if you're sitting in the back seat, you're not driving. So your driver's license doesn't come into effect. Unless you're not putting your 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 seat belt, then you're penalized. But the driver, the, the car, will have a driver's license. 
because you need you need a driver license to to drive but you're not driving you're in the back seat so the legislator has to give a right to the car to drive but to do that it's going to be up to them to make this type of decision it's not going to be the coder it's not going to be even the company it has to come from from the the, the lawmakers to give you a license to drive but this 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 decision comes also when you're not doing autopilot when you're driving yourself what are you choosing to hit someone or to kill yourself i think it's it's a hard decision because sometimes you don't know what you're deciding when you're when you're in that moment of accident i think you're just reacting and reacting the car will know the car will exactly. know because it's a computer it but, will but know. that's it but you can never be blamed for that decision you see what i mean yeah because you don't know you're going to kill yourself you don't know it's happened so fast. It's not like shooting somebody, right? Yeah. It's not like me or you. But the other one is actually a decision. Like it's a, a calculated, we sit down, we decide what, who we kill. So that's why I like that decision because I'm choosing myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, give you a, 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 that's, that's the thing with the autopilot. There are some things that we don't even see. There are. I saw a video on the internet of something happened on uh, with the dash cam of the the Tesla, and I was like, "Oh, I'm impressed." But this happened to me uh, as well after. And when uh, you know, all with all the sensors, the cameras and stuff, when you have a car in front of you, they have the radar that's bouncing, sending the signal bouncing underneath the car that it's in front of you and going back up, so it can see. Two or three cars ahead of you. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, you notice when you're when you're driving and you see the visual, you can see the car in front of you, but you can see other cars in mm-hmm. front. And what this did to uh, to me when I was driving on the highway, there was an accident in front of me. Not the car that's in front of me, but two cars ahead. And then the car, my car, just slowed down, starts slowing down on its own. And put a signal if you want to, if you ask me if you want, I want to change lane or just, but it starts slowing down to find out that the car in front of me just put the brake. So the car saw an accident happening before even the car in front of me see it. Mm-hmm. So for me as a driver, I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't have seen that, that accident. So this type of situation are the type of situation that an AI can handle that you can cannot handle because you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea that a car that's going to see 500 meters in front of me and tell me it's even worse if it's at nighttime, if it's in an, an animal or something that's just in the road at nighttime that you can't even see yet. So, and the 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 AI function right now it's at infancy, right? Yeah. So we're just slowly you see systems that are oh, built. Yeah. Do you see the Terminator setting happening <laughs> with AI or no? Definitely. You see it? Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Tell me, tell me how we're do you see gonna it. We're all going to die. We're all, <laughs> <laughs> we all, we all go, going to die. I had this conversation. Now, are you serious? Like, um, yeah, to some, some point. Like, they, are, they have, um, there, are, there are things that are happening. Um, for example, with Facebook, Facebook had um, an AI program in their lab. And they had... Uh, they had few computers like just there in an internal network and these computers didn't have access to the internet they were just in a closed network and they had their they put their ai program into it 
to work to say, this program, we're just going to feed it information so that it learns on its own. And the, in the lab, they were monitoring the, in the network, they were sniffing all the, the packets that are coming to see what's conversation between what, what, what these two computers are sending as information from one to the other. And it was going well. At some point, they noticed that computer learned that there is something that exists that's called the internet. And they were trying to connect to internet. Of course, they can't because it's a physical link. They don't have access to internet. If you're not connected, you, know, you can't. But they were attempt to connect to a wider range of computers that exist out there. And that scared them off a little bit. But we, they got to a point where these two computers developed a language that these guys couldn't understand. That's where they turned off the computers. They just evolved into developing a language where it was just the two computers they were understanding the language between them and not the guys that were monitoring. So they turned off the, the computers, they turned off the the thing. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board and see <laughs> what went mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. What went wrong? It's AI. Uh, you you have you have a lot of um, that guy they just announced uh, um, I don't know if you know the, the game the Go. No. It's a Go is it's like chess, but it's it's um, you play on a board with just a white and black. Um, uh, it's not the Chinese. Uh, yeah, it's a Chinese. Chinese. Yeah, it's like Chinese checkers, and it's so so simple, but at the same time, it's so complex. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most complex games in the world, and the the guy that that was like the world champion, he just said he's not gonna play anymore because he said i i know i can't be the best in the world because he was beaten by an ai it's like as long as this ai exists and i know even if i train i can never beat it Mm -hmm. so he because what what happened is how it was structured we knew that uh uh, kasparov was beaten by ai a long time ago but but how it was how it was done this time, it's completely different. Oh. Where the AI had the whole strategy. The, the AI was feeded a whole lot of strategies. It was They were playing. And at some point, what happened is that the AI lied to the player to some point where the AI was playing in a way that's showing the player that I'm, I'm losing just to trick the player to making some moves that's where the AI made a move to beat the guy. Mm-hmm. This strategy of lying to defeat the guy or just tricking the guy was never fed to the AI. Just used her deep learning to to develop this strategy where you now you have a computer that can lie just to defeat you. Mm. So that was the scariest part. Not the way, not that it beat him. It's the way I was beaten, not mm-hmm. by a strategy, by by tricking the opponent and by lying to the opponent. So yes, we're gonna. I already, die. I, I already, <laughs> I already heard uh, a theory that we are just uh, within the evolution process, the Darwinian evolution, just put on this earth to create an AI, and then that AI will thrive, and we're just gonna like, be like uh, ants. Yeah. We, we, did, did you see this happening? Seriously. Yeah. Well, because uh, we, you are contributing to that, aren't you? Yeah. At a some bit. Point. Yeah. So at some you're, point. you're you're creating tools to. You know, there lie is, to you, to trick you, to the, it, yeah. Well, there isn't. A, it's 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 part of the evolution. 
Mm. But there is a, uh, the conference I was, uh, I was in, they, they had a slide uh, that says AI will create in the next years, um, not next years, in 2020, AI is creating, uh, I think it was 2.2 million jobs. But at the same time, it's eliminating 1.8 million jobs. So what that means is, yes, people that are working in AI, they're getting jobs created for them, but they are developing stuff that the AI will do, and some people will lose their jobs. I don't know if you notice in the, uh, the airport, you don't talk to someone at the counter anymore unless you have really a big problem, and even then you can do it with the machine. You get in, you have your boarding pass on a, on your phone, uh, you print your uh, your mm-hmm. luggage tag, you put it, and you you scan in a machine, and it and uh, it goes. There are some people that are still go to the counter, but Air Canada has like ten counters, but you have only only one person sitting there because mm-hmm. used to have a lot of people sitting there. So people are losing their job because of all these things that are happening in the tech world, and now we are still in the infancy of AI. Yeah. Once we get to, we're doing it with the regular computers. Now, once we get to quantum computing, that can do way more calculation and computing, and it becomes a thing. The way quantum computing becomes mainstream, imagine what AI can do at that time. What is exactly quantum computing? Can you explain it <laughs> in very short way so that I finally understand what the heck is happening with this? Okay, so... Uh, so do you know you know my vision of quantum computing? Yeah, like a big, big mammoth of machine cooled with liquid cooling, and there's like <laughs> just trying to do two plus two, and you know I don't see close, close enough, close enough. Damn, <laughs> close I'm <enough>. smart. <laughs> close enough. Well, uh, actually, quantum computing is, um, and this is we talk we talk about. And we don't even talk about. Uh, uh, computers or uh, electronics anymore. We talk about about physics, and in the physics world, we get to a point of um, uh, where your uh, as a regular computer works with uh, with the with the electron. So when you have two wires, you have either one or zero. Two electron, you and that's how the transistor work. Uh, and transistor is the heart of a computer to make the the the, the process processor and all the calculation, and it's a lot of, it's billions of one zero one zero one zero. Mm-hmm. That means either the electron is passing or not. There's power or not. When we get to that order of magnitude, when we are that small, we get to a point where we cannot determine if it's a one or zero because we got to two wires that are so close together that are smaller than the size of the electron. So the electron is passing all the time. There is no one zero. It's bleeding one to the other. Exactly. <coughs> mm. So the quantum computing comes to say, you know what, we can, we can, and this is just a theory because the physics goes beyond that, but the theory behind it is there is no more one zero. We can jam a lot more information between these two states. There On is no, what? Uh, On transistors? Uh it's it's going to be transistors but not the regular transistors where you have electrons and this is where um because in the quantum computing world we're talking about a lot of theories of uh, we we are past the 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 speed of light we are past 
past that. We are talking even uh, about uh, time travel and stuff because time travel is based on the quantum computing. So we are in a different physical world. It's not even the electron anymore. It's it doesn't it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have a meaning to talk about an electron. But here's where I'm lost. Yeah. So if you want to build a quantum computer, you build it the same way as you build a computer, like with the same physicalities, like the same motherboard. Like- uh, it's it's not gonna. It, it probably one day it will get to that point. But right now, a physical, um, a quantum computer. Right now, there are just few that exist. Uh, Microsoft has one. Uh, uh, Intel has one. And they are still experimenting with it, but the the vision that I've seen with it is just a cube. Okay. Right now, everything is jammed in a cube. Uh, does it have a motherboard? It has something that we can call as a motherboard because you gotta connect to something, and because as a human, if we are used to call something uh, a motherboard, and this is a graphic card, we're gonna call it the same, even if it's a quantum computer, and even if it doesn't look the same, we're gonna be calling it probably the the same i guess mm-hmm. but it's still we are far from having it mainstream because there is a lot of physics involved and a lot of uh technology that we are we're still experimenting with it now let's say uh we we run through the apocalyptic scenario with that ai okay is there things because we are actually creating it right so you are participating you're creating some systems and you're you're working in that field is this at some point a thing where lawmakers are going to come in and do the same thing as we do for the atomic bomb? Like saying, okay, listen, guys, this is a beast. <laughs> or it's going to be something that is uncontrollable. Um, I, I, see it hap- I see it happening. Um, like, for, for instance, look at the, um, the, uh, the, the U.S., the look at the uh, their uh, the U.S. Army. They have uh, they have a system that controls their missiles, and they just announced I think two or three weeks ago, they announced that their system that's controlled with the floppy disk is moving to something more evolved as in USB or stuff like that. High it's tech, about time, tech, right? High tech. <laughs> and but the, the reason the reason behind that it's 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 interesting that they made that choice because the reason of staying like this is was because at that time they didn't want to have anything to do with TCP IP protocols so there is no networking there is so you can't hack it if it's on a floppy disk yeah that's why they didn't move to something more evolved mm-hmm. so if it's if you have a computer that's disconnected then you can you can hack it. You can hack their missile system, but now they are moving to something more evolved. I hope they have enough security <laughs> into into it. But still, it's still on a computer. Yeah. It's still controlled by a computer. Can computers talk to each other and do something? Probably, but I hope that they have enough safety uh, system in the place. But see this? Yes, the lawmakers gonna get involved at some point and and say, guys, this is this is too far. This we need to keep control of uh, of this but you know as a as an ai there is always always uh, there is always something you can they they used to say a computer that's not connected to 
that it's not connected to the internet is the safest computer you can have. So you buy you buy a computer, you put it on your desk, you plug into the power, you open it, but it has no wireless, it has no network cable, it has no internet access. They said this if you put photos there, if you put something there, you're safe. You're not you can't get hacked because you're not on the internet. Well that was true until a guy invented some it's like uh, I don't remember the name but it's called something TV and it's basically just a screen that's connected to a system that capture all the all the electron that that's produced from a computer it has to be close enough distance and reconstruct the image in you know, another screen Jesus Christ So Hang are on. you safe <laughs> And what about uh, <coughs> taking control of your car because we're we're the uh, Tesla is plugged in on LTE. Is, yeah. is there a, a potential risk? Do you foresee this risk? Well, there is. There is always there is always a, a risk. Now, uh, a, a Tesla, even though it's a computer, that um, it's not a computer that you can control remotely. We have an app for Tesla, and you can do some things from the app. However, they never connected that app to for example to your steering wheel you cannot turn the steering wheel with it you can't press the, uh, the 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 brake you can't you can't do it from and the reason is simple and they will never be able to do it because the computer that that controls this this stuff is not connected to the LTE network it's separated mm. oh, okay got both it. are separated there there are hackers that that were able to hack into the the Tesla and, and stuff but the way they did it it's basically by 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 cheating. For example, one of one of the ways they were you had to connect your Tesla to a wireless network, and that wireless network is connected to a hacker program that does something to. So chances of you to go in somewhere and connecting your Tesla to that type of network are very slim. But they just want to prove a point, and but, Tesla but, pay them for that. But did you it. see? I saw shows at some point, guys taking control of vehicles, but mm-hmm. while they're driving, yeah, is that that's possible? It it is possible, and and that's why I'm, I say that's why you have all the updates all the time because Tesla pays for people that find Bugs. things in their in their system. Uh, they pay hackers to hack to the system. Um, I think I saw for every little thing that you find, it's ten thousand dollars that they're paying you or something like that, and. Uh, and they they fix it, so that's why sometimes you get an update, but all it says is improvement. It doesn't say you have a new feature. It's just improvement. Mm. But they are just security patches that are that are coming to patch you, like you're patching your computer in Windows when you're updating it. There's always patches. The same thing as a car. What do you see like in twenty years, like job wise? What jobs are going to disappear, or how do you see it happen? All this evolution. The the jobs that I. Let me start with the jobs that I don't see disappearing are the jobs that are that has to do with art. Seriously? Yeah. So I'm safe. The oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, here is the the thing. That to to some point, it depends yeah. on how how we look at it. There um there is a uh, another thing, another AI that in start creating new faces. It, it draw a face of someone that doesn't exist. And you look at the guy and like, this guy must exist because he looks a human, a real guy, but it doesn't exist. But it's an AI that... So AI starts 
creating new stuff. And that's one of the things that was only a human can do, or that's so we thought that we we, we were the only mm-hmm. one that can do that is the creation. Because replicating something, AI is good for replicating. Any computer can replicate something. But to create something new that didn't exist, it was just us. Human can do it. Now AI can can create stuff. AI can create now music. There are yeah, some AI is playing music, not just replicating a Mozart piece, but creating, creating. new. And what do you think is going to have as an impact? Um, I think that uh, the human will still appreciate things that are created by humans. Um, if you look at a machine, imagine you have a robot that's dancing. That's dancing salsa and doing tricks. Well, if you have if you have a computer that's doing it, you and doing like, for example, a crazy lift, well, the computer will be able to calculate the angle, calculate everything to catch the person and continue the lift and do it perfectly. But as a human that's watching it, we will still appreciate the the errors. We will still appreciate if someone is making a mistake. We appreciate the human because if a computer is doing something, well, it's 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 more it's more um, it's more complex to train and do something than just giving a computer a program and say do it. So for people that pay to go watch something, they're not gonna watch a, a computer doing doing something. They're gonna watch a human doing something because yes, there is a chance of of not doing it right or of making a mistake, but that's what makes us human. That's what makes us we train to do certain moves, to do certain things. But a computer, I mean, it's pointless for me to watch a robot. Even though I love AI, and it's pointless for me to watch a bunch of robots playing soccer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to play it perfectly. They're going to hit each other. And it's not... You don't think they will de- de- devaluate the human experience? You think it will just be like a parallel universe of things I... that happens with robots and here's we are here and we're doing the human thing? I think we will, as a human, uh, and this is very personal opinion, I think there will be some people that watch just AI. They will watch their robots doing their thing. They will love it. Uh, but I think the majority will still appreciate the human side of it. The same same thing as um, when they were talking about having, uh, uh, including in uh, the hockey or uh, soccer, including uh, a chip in the in the ball to see when it crossed the line or not. They wanted to give the the ref the option to call it, and the mistakes that the ref was making was still part of the experience of playing. Well, so they didn't put a chip. There is no chip. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, they have now the, for example, soccer. They have the goal line uh, technology where yeah. you have uh, the cameras and and that that stuff that detect these these things. But they didn't go that far to to have because at the with the technology we have. We can have a soccer game, we can have a hockey game that's played perfectly and it's just riffed by robots. They can analyze everything and but I think that's why they are not doing it is because we're it's it's gonna be pointless watching these games. And the slowly I should say this, like you mentioned, Facebook and AI, the capacity of these huge, huge companies, social media companies, and then they include AI and they do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're using the individual data as, and they, it's never been seen in the world in in our history that one company 
holds so much data about everything else, about everybody. And they, they're not, they don't have a great image right now yeah. for many reasons. We're not going to get into specifics. <laughs> but I want to know from what you know about AI, from what you know about Facebook and being on the back end, you still feel, let's say, okay using these platforms or your, what's your feeling in general? Um, well, the, uh, the thing about using these platforms, once you decide to use one of these platforms, you're given the right to your data. These platforms are, are free. So it's up to you if you want to get in or not. So a lot of people are concerned about their privacy, are concerned about what they are sharing. But the reality is if you are on, for example, on Facebook and you're sharing something with just a group of people, you're still putting it out there on, on servers that you don't know. So you better have no problem on other people seeing it or giving your ac- this access to the government. And yes, you know, a, a lot of people say, you know what, I have nothing to hide. I have no problem. But it's not about having something to hide. If I don't want to have my data out there shared with uh, any entity that I don't know, it's not about doing something wrong that I want to hide. It's just about the principle of this is my privacy, this is my, my data. And a lot of people fought during years to give us this, 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 this right to our data. And now we are just giving it away. It's just the principle. It's not about having to hide something. But what, what good example to give to those people that say it's about hiding? It's the example of when we were young, you know, so mm-hmm. let's say below 20, okay, way back when. <laughs> our, our, let's say, teenhood yeah. was, has evaporated. All the, all the stupid stuff we did, every single stupid thing we did, nobody knows. Yeah. It's just hearsay, right? Yeah. But now when... I've done you, nothing stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if I it's not on you, Facebook, it I doesn't exist. <laughs> so now you see this generation that puts their life on Facebook, and yeah. like exactly what you said, the impact of that, because we are different people at 30, 40 than we are at 20, hopefully, right? We matured and we're, we, we take, you know, we change. Yeah. And then you have the whole back end. Let's say you, you I don't know, like think of the stupidest thing you did and it's out there. You put the picture out there and, and, and we can find this, this picture. It can screw your life up. Yeah. Like people can hold it against you during an interview, can hold it against you. And people don't think about it so much. I think about... How can I, what or how, what way, besides filtering it to my children, now that I have children, it boggles even more my mind. How can I educate them about this kind of technology? What can I say to them? Of course, we, it's like TV, right? You don't mm-hmm. want your child to watch two, three hours TV in straight every day. They're, they're going to be zombies. But now this is very intricate because Facebook knows you probably better than you know yourself. Just if we talk about consumer behavior or human yeah. behavior, there's even possible predictive models that can be drawn there from are. that, right? There so are. Easily, right? There are. So, uh, they exist. They, they exist. exist, exactly. They exist. So we can say, let's say you might be depressed in two, three days by the way you behave on Facebook, right? Completely. When I say that to people, there's two reactions. First reaction, I don't scare me. 
The second reaction, ah, come on, it, you know, you're talking shit. Uh, and I'm telling them, I'm just telling you, it's not, it's not something that is from a conspiracy book. I'm just giving you data that I read and learned from trusted sources. For example, fa- Facebook was caught, pants down, in a meeting, a marketing meeting in Australia, mm-hmm. that they said they're selling data to uh, cosmetics companies that they know that within a couple of weeks, these teens will have low self-esteem. How the hell do you figure out low self-esteem? Like we're talking about emotions. So now they put everything together and they have the data. Yeah. And when I surf now Facebook, I analyze my, I'm, I'm like trying to do that, that like a feedback loop. Why me showing me this? Ah, that's interesting. I'm slowing down my cursor. Like I'm actually analyzing my own behavior. Yeah. But even if I do, I do that, it's me against billions of dollars yeah i can't win well i can pretend i'm to, good to some to some degree uh it, it can be good for for example um i don't mind that facebook is getting some of my data uh for example um i'm on facebook browsing and then i got a i got an ad on facebook about sneakers that i was looking at three days ago and now the same sneakers that i was about to buy they're offering a 20 percent of course, Facebook looks at they have the company has uh, a targeted ad on people that went to their website and, and, and stuff. They track them and they go to Facebook and they're offering them what we call it's a remarketing. So they are they are capturing people that were interested in a certain product and offering them now now a twenty percent. Well, I was gonna buy it full price. Now I'm buying it twenty so I don't mind having this type of data that's shared because at the end, I'm going to benefit from it. I don't mind if I was looking at traveling somewhere and I've seen the prices and then on my Gmail, I get a uh, I get an ad on Gmail about something specific to where I want to go because they are, they are reading my, my, my data. I don't mind that because at the end, it's helping me. But where I have problem is um, what happened uh, with the Cambridge Analytica and uh, when they got the data from from Facebook, and this is this is something that that's taking it too far, where Facebook got involved into the U.S. Uh, um, it's basically, if we, if we put it in a nutshell, we're talking about swaying opinions. Swaying opinions, yeah. but that's what you were saying about predicting behavior. They were saying Cambridge Analytica. They were saying that they have about two hundred. 200 signal for each person about their behavior. What that allows them to do is saying, for these states, we can predict who are not just uh, in population, who are the specific people. We can give the name of these people that are swingers. And it's the, (coughs) it's some, some, so we we are uh, at core social beings, highly influenceable. We think we're not. That's the fantastic thing. Exactly. We think we are like free thinkers. But they put a factor of influenceability per person. So exactly. this person is like, influ- we can influence her easily. Yeah. This one, no. And once they got that data, they were selling them in packages. Yes. And thinking, whoa. They even went that a, a, a step further where Cambridge Analytica, during the, during the, the U.S. campaign, they had a team of Facebook employees in their office working with them. 
So imagine that you had few people from Facebook sitting in your office helping you during the US campaign and Cambridge Analytica to, to swing votes. I mean, they didn't force people. So people still vote by themselves, right? Yeah. But in each state, they were pushing some stories that they know this type of stories. If they push it to your feed, going to swing your, your vote. Uh, they had ads about, for example... Um, but don't you, think, don't you think that this aspect throws off completely society? Meaning that... It does. Meaning I can show you... Like I said to one of my friends that were using a lot of Facebook, I, I, I said, I don't know if I heard it or I think I heard it somewhere, is out, outrage metrics. The more you're pissed, the more you'll interact, the more. So let's say I would feed you information to piss you off. You'll have a skewed view of society, but you'll be on the platform commenting the hell out of it. But you're alone in the dark and you have no friends. So your social life will suffer, I think. Yeah. And, and I think that aspect really bothers me like bothers me to the core same thing you're playing me like you're okay i understand you gather data exactly you said you gather data you need to sell sneakers i get that i'll give you data yeah i don't mind that's okay that's like we we are consumers we're not uh you know angels here we're consumers that's our but to swing my vote to show me shit continuously just to piss me off because that generates a lot of clicks i don't know I'm not going to be part of there this are, platform. I moved back from Facebook so hard. And the only reason I don't move completely out is because of my business. Yeah. That's the only reason. If it was a personal account, I would be out. That, that's what they, they, they are hoping is that that's when they included the business aspect. They know that a lot of people cannot afford not to have it. And uh, you, you look at uh, what's happening now with the... There, are, uh, there is an article that I... Uh, have read uh, I think a week ago there is a country I don't remember if it's China or in Europe but there is a country now that it's illegal to come up with the fake news hmm. you know the fake news articles there, mm-hmm. are, there are a lot tons of them mm-hmm. it became a, illegal it's uh, actually it's not Ill- it's illegal if <coughs> you publish a fake news without disclosing it's that fake. this is fictional if you don't disclose that this is a fake news and a fictional that it doesn't exist, we're just doing it for fun, then it became illegal. It's like sponsorship disclaimers on YouTube. Exactly. Like, hey, I, I, I didn't buy it, you know, and it's fair. Exactly. To be fair, transparent with your audience, no? But that's what people were were doing when they were swinging votes. It's the fake news. Yeah. That that's uh, and uh, I go back again to the conference in uh, Las Vegas, uh, in the in. Um, uh, Washington Post, uh, they were using AI, where they have uh, they can the AI write an article. They can it can go on the internet and look at some some, some things and come up with a, an article. And when you read it, it's like if a human is uh, is writing the article. It's crazy, yeah. It's 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 insane. And there is this company. They have a program that they have an AI that write fake news, as a human would write it. <laughs> So they can generate hundreds of fake news in a split of second because it's an AI just generate article with the pictures and links and stuff and they are just throwing this article do there. Do you think do you think at some point you remember lo- local newspapers? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> I used to use local they still newspapers. Exist? Uh, yeah. 
I was the first one to go. Uh, I, I remember when I started my salsa business, I used to put ads over there. Yeah. It cost me 250 bucks, like, a, like maybe a business card ad. And the phone would ring from memory 10 to 15 times. Okay. Right? And then internet got big. I got on the internet fairly early. And slowly I noticed that the calls weren't coming down every time I would put an ad. Yeah. So then I would get a lot of calls from my rep. Hey, when are you going to come? And when <laughs> we have a nice promotion. And they wanted to put their ad, my ads on their website, which was a shit website. A local newspaper was. I told them, who reads this? Nobody reads it. Yeah, we got clicks. Nobody no. reads this. First of all, the people that read the local newspaper are old. So if they're old, they're not on board with the new internet. That's for sure. Yeah. The new internet came later for them. So what, what would happen with this is that the, the ads got bigger and bigger in the newspapers. They got bigger and bigger because they it's were like strapped. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, first of all, the content went down and the ads were, were bigger and bigger. Because probably they were selling more, they're trying to sell more ads. And people, I noticed, were reading less and less because the content was yeah. shit. Can this happen with Facebook? Can this happen? Meaning that it's mm. now it's a trust issue, yeah. right? So it's basically a trust issue. So let's say if they, they, there's a lot of fake news, fake news, and people start to catch on. Do you think at some point it's going to backfire? Um, I've seen it already happening where people now, they are. They are aware of the fake news. I would say maybe two years ago, people believed everything on Facebook. Now they still do, but I've seen it less and less. I still, I, I start hearing a lot of people, yeah, fake news, fake news, a lot of fake news. Oh, this is, and people start trusting some some sites. Uh, Facebook is gonna be. They announced that they're gonna be fighting the the fake news uh, aspect. I, I trust them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they what they said, but. Obviously, it's gonna be they're gonna be fighting stuff that doesn't suit their agenda. So if you have fake news that doesn't suit their what they're promoting, then probably it's gonna be gone. I'm very curious if I, I I'm not willing to do the test, but I'm curious if I just close all my business account. If in the actuality, it's gonna hurt the the bank, like it's gonna hurt the money intake. I'm very curious because there's some things that happen with Facebook that makes me think that it's possible. I'll give you an example. I forgot that I put an ad. Okay, I do a salsa mommy baby classes. Yeah. It happened to me uh, two weeks ago. I completely forgot that I put an ad and I put a $20 budget on the ad. Yeah. So the ad is very targeted and only targets mothers yeah, and expecting months. parents, which is always the funniest thing when I saw it pop out in the option. And it goes, nobody's saying expecting parent on Facebook. They know who's going to get babies. Yeah. So I can target my ads on that. So I'm on the other side also. Yeah. So I'm on the user and the, the, yeah. the guy that puts ads. So I see all these things happen. And then I put the ad and I forget to put an end date. Usually I always do. $1,700 later. Wow. Okay. It hurt. It hurt so much. It's my only mistake. Oh, wow. <laughs> Zero registration during that period. And then I went, is this for real? Like, am I just fear of missing out? Am I doing this for their show? Because I, I track conversions. Yeah. I have a conversion pixel. I have all this stuff set up. Yeah. I have my registration. I have, where did you see me? How did you, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Because I want to know. Yeah. I want to throw my money away. And that's what's cool with the new technology. You could do that. Yeah, you can but try don't it. You, but don't you think like there's a bunch of, it's like a flashy thing right now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm doubting 
I'm, I'm doubting as a user and now I'm doubting as a business. Like I'm thinking, is this for real? Like, is this reality? Am I? It depends on the, it depends on the businesses. Some, some businesses rely solely on, on Facebook. But is that murder? Like it's like suicide waiting to happen? Like let's say Facebook changes the, 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 one, the, day. the one day. He says, okay, or they flag your account. You can't even complain to Facebook. And if you rely 100% on that, you're screwed. You're gone. You know what I noticed also? I noticed it maybe five years ago. I, I, I thought, start thinking. I go, man, Facebook tries to sidestep my website with different interaction tools. They want that this would be my main website and I interact with all the clients. Yeah. I start taking away all that messenger buttons and stuff like that. There's no way. I want to send people to my website. I want to have control. If The, the thing is with Facebook, you can see they are, they are, they are smart in uh, trying to promote certain stuff. Uh, for example, they have this new program where they're going to be uh, giving or providing internet in uh, in region where there is no cable, for example, uh, in certain region in Africa where there is no internet, there is no satellite, so they're gonna try. They have a, a satellite that they are launching. They just launched their first one, and the goal is to provide internet to these people. To provide internet, which is in their in their side, how they are approaching it is that uh, from we are helping people from a humanitarian side giving internet to that's what they say Asian. that's what they say that's not why they're doing it now when you look at it what that means is any not just being on facebook any internet interaction is going through their servers mm. so you're banking uh, any site that you visit at least when you're on facebook they're tracking whatever you're doing on facebook they're tracking whatever you're doing on whatsapp that's pretty much it or your messenger conversation but now if they are providing you with the internet, then they're tracking everything. So yes, they are approaching them from a humanitarian side. Yeah, we're giving it to the poor. We're giving internet to uh, foreign uh, regions and this and that. But are you really helping? Now, any communication on the internet is going through them, through their satellite, through their servers. So imagine the data that they will be gathering. And what do you think about them getting into crypto? Oh. And crypto, uh, if we can, can you explain crypto just really quickly? Yeah. Um, so about that's. Uh, I know it's another podcast. Yeah. But just let, let just so, so that people know what's really? cryptocurrency. What is it exactly? Okay. Uh, so how? So crypto is, and when we talk about crypto, there are different different aspect to it. But one of the uh, cryptocurrencies that the the one that exists the most is the Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and uh, this subject about Bitcoin, I started getting involved in it back in two thousand nine. Uh, they started Bitcoin in two thousand eight, but I heard about it and I started exploring what is it. And the more you read about it, the more you see what's behind it. The more it's like going to a rabbit hole, like going deeper and deeper and mm -hmm. deeper, and I see it just part of the next evolution. I see it as being the future, um, the future of, of money. Uh, a lot of people don't see it right now, but uh, because obvious reasons, a lot of governments and banks, they don't like it because 
you're into something that you have no control over it. But imagine um, when I ask people, do you have a, do you have control over your money? Do you have control over your your accounts? Now say, so, yeah, I can send you money if I want. I can buy anything I want. My money is secure. Okay, so now go back because here in North America we don't see it. We don't see the need. Now go back, to, for example, to Greece when they were when the the recession hit back in 2008 when it was bad what happened to greece it's the government say we are, you know what we have enough debt uh our debt we can't we can't pay so what we will do we're going to take 10% from all the bank accounts to help us pay the debt and they had a decree that the banks give them the money so they took 10% from your money and you had no control over it because your money was in a bank. So do you have control over your bank? Not really. Yes, you can send money to whoever you want. But now if I tell you, maybe if someone is, has a lot of money, can you send $10 million from your bank account to his bank account right now? Not really. You got to go through forms. You got to go through the why and this and that. With Bitcoin, they sent $150 million within two seconds from one country to the other. Now I call it having control over my money. Mm-hmm. Being able to do it without, without, without that need of saying, who is looking at my transaction? Why are you sending that person? Of course, there is that fact where they say, yeah, but this is targeted to criminals. They want to hide it. They want to de- do this. Criminal don't use Bitcoin or less than the cash because mm. criminal, if because Bitcoin has a trace that the concept of Bitcoin is a, it's called a public ledger. So you have an address. This is your account number. If you call it, uh, we say an address, but let's say your Bitcoin account number. If I have it, I can go online. I just put it online. I can see how what's your balance, how much Bitcoin you have. I can see how many Bitcoins you sent and how many Bitcoins you received and all the transactions. It's a public ledger. This day he sent this from this address, he sent it to this address. This address, criminal don't want that. It's a, it's a public record. Hmm. Criminal, if I give you cash, there is no trace. I give you cash, nobody can trace it. Hmm. I sell you something bad and you give me cash, no one can trace it. If I, you send me Bitcoin, they can trace it that, yeah, it came from this address to this address. There is a way. So, it's just a way to scare people not to use it how it was before saying internet is for pedophile, is for criminal. That's what they were saying back in the 90s. Yeah, internet was a bad thing. You can't go on the internet. How about the stability of it, the speculation and all that stuff? What do you do with well, that? Well, that's that's another thing. A lot of people that got into Bitcoin, they were not they were they were just going to it not for the tech, but to make a profit. So, uh it was speculative where the more you buy, the the you increase in the value. The more you sell, the value goes down, yeah. which is which is normal, like any other uh, good, uh, because it's still not at a stage where it's mature enough. Uh, how, how do you go about to establish the value? It's it's a uh, it's offer and demand. It's, That's it. It's offer and demand. Now it's gonna become to a point where it's it's like at the beginning of gold. The gold was. Now it's more or less stable. 
But it was years ago, it was fluctuating a lot. But who decides how many? How many Bitcoins there's around? Uh, no one decides. That's the beauty about it. It's, a, it's an electronic system. So when it was created, it was decided, and that's what makes it, um, what we call it, scarce. So the, it was decided how many Bitcoins in the beginning, how many Bitcoins exist. That's a program. It's a, it's a software. This is how many Bitcoins will exist ever. You cannot create new Bitcoins. And how the Bitcoins are coming out every every what we call every block is let's say i send you i send you bitcoin and you send back bitcoin to someone this transaction this transaction has to be validated by someone it's validated by a lot of computers all over the world that do the math and it's a for it's a formula so they run the formula to find the solution to that formula the first computer to find that formula and validate that transaction gets a reward. We call it mining. It's like mining gold. They mine Bitcoin. So that reward that they are given is the creation of Bitcoin. So that Bitcoin that they get, because you have a computer powerful enough and you validate a transaction, you get a reward. Let's say it's a 50 Bitcoin. So you got 50 Bitcoin. That's fine. That's your reward. So the transaction generates new Bitcoins? Exactly. But every four years or so, depends on how many transactions, but more or less every four years, that reward is is being cut in half. It was 50 Bitcoin, then it became 25 Bitcoin. Now soon it's going to be 12.5 and it's going to be cut in half. And that's the that's the mathematic formula that makes in a few years that's going to be close to zero. So mm-hmm. no more new Bitcoin and we reach the maximum Bitcoin that we have. So imagine if you have gold. Um, we extracted all the gold that exists on earth. There is no more gold. You cannot mine gold. All the gold that exists, we have it now. It's out. Now, it's a limited supply. What that means is, all you can do is just go back, go up in value. Because you can't get new one. You, can, you cannot create gold. So all you can do is just go up in value. Hmm. Like anything that's rare. And why, why Facebook got so much backlash getting into that uh, business? Because, because the whole idea about about crypto is not having an entity that controls it got it it's not control the the thing is imagine your bank account um you want to create a bank account uh the banks controls who has a bank account there are a lot of countries where you have a lot of people that are still unbanked or they are banked but they have limited services that Mm. also exist and uh you go, you go to, for example, in uh, Argentina, you go to a bar, and a lot of bars now, they offer um, a screen where you have all the menu and all the prices. Every five minutes, every 10 minutes, the price change because their money changes so much that you, <laughs> you buy your beer, the next <laughs> beer might be a different price. <laughs> and now they're saying, wow. well, you know what? I don't mind Bitcoin because... I'm used to my money changing all the time. But at least with Bitcoin, it's something I can control. I, I don't mind if I travel. I have it with me. It's online on a, on a somewhere where I can access it. There is no one that can take away my Bitcoin. There is no one that can, uh, with a, a court order, come and, and uh, confiscate my, my Bitcoin or do something mm-hmm. to it. Uh, you go to a point where having a Bitcoin, it's 
it, Bitcoin doesn't discriminate. If you, even if you if you were just born, you are one one month old, you can have a Bitcoin account. You can't win in a, in a bank. Well, now in bank you can have a a child bank account, yeah. but you know not doing transaction. You cannot. But having a Bitcoin, you're not. You don't have an account. Having a Bitcoin, you're your own bank because you can send and receive money on your own. So you you become a bank, your own bank. So I guess banks don't like that. They they you they lose control. They right? hate it. They yeah. they hate that. Uh, you're you know how much was the the transaction that I told you was uh, 150 million dollars that was sent in two seconds. How much it cost? Two dollar. <laughs> it I mean, it's it's ridiculous. There are you you transaction with pennies. So it's more like even the gender. There are some countries where a woman cannot have a bank account, where Bitcoin doesn't discriminate. You have no gender, it's okay. We will get to a point where your fridge will have a Bitcoin account. Your 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 toaster can have a Bitcoin account. Your robot that's running your house can have a Bitcoin account. Why? Because your fridge can say, oh, I don't have no milk. Can place an order and pay with the Bitcoin online to the, the grocery mm-hmm. and get delivery. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you have a fridge that's placing order for you through its own Bitcoin. When it's run out of money, you send you send Bitcoin to the, the fridge. I mean, it's going to get to that point because there are billions and billions of dollars that are invested in uh, cryptocurrency. And there are there, there is war because uh, imagine Bitcoin, we're talking about public ledger because Bitcoin cannot be hacked. But that's going to happen if we don't die before uh, the before, AI. Well, that's, uh, crypto AI is part of, the, part of the things that will, that will kill us. That's, that's what robots will do to kill us. All righty. Yeah. So on that fantastic positive note, yeah. <laughs> future is positive. No, there, there, there are a lot of positive in, 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 in crypto. Uh, give you a really good use of, of crypto. Um, because that's the 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 power behind it. it's not sending sending crypto uh, fast or a transaction price the main reason to use it is that it's a public ledger that cannot be faked cannot mm. be hacked the reason why it cannot be hacked or faked it's because you imagine in the world you have millions of computers that has this copy of the that ledger yeah. that are running it yeah. so imagine if you want to hack it well, what happens is the block gets gets written into that ledger every 10 minutes. 10 minutes is like a heartbeat of the Bitcoin. So every 10 minutes, it gets written to the ledger. Mm. So now imagine, can you hack it? Yes. But to be able to hack it, you got to change the same information on all these millions of computers that you need to hack into within 10 minutes. Because even if you do 100 or 1,000, in 10 minutes information change again. Mm. So these computers that you just changed, the 100 that you just hacked, get kicked out of the network because all the other millions of computers, they say, you don't have the same copy, you're fake, you're out. Got it. So, so imagine countries where it, it exists a lot in, in Africa, a lot of uh, Latin America, uh, where you have a land. And now the brother of the, the president or the prime minister decide, I want this land. They come, the army, they kick the guy out this is our land. It was written to us, and they they do the deed on the land, the, mm-hmm. the new name. Now there are cryptos that that are that have new programs where they are using this public ledger to have the deed of lands written in a public ledger. 
That means it doesn't matter if you say it's yours. It's on the public ledger. And it's public that says, this land is mine. Got it. If I sell it, then the deed just changed and it's written in the new ledger as this land so is yours. You, you're all in for uh, giving back the control to the individual. Of course. That's what, what, what I of get course. from that. It has to stay within within the law. It has to stay within yeah. some parameters. And that's why there is the New York Act that signed uh, with companies something to regulate the crypto a little bit. But uh, obviously, it has to be within the law. Awesome. So we did two hours, my friend. Oh, wow. Huh? Flew yeah. by, huh? <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for thank having you. me. It, it, Always uh, a pleasure. You know, I, I knew we were going to start with salsa. But uh, <laughs> the real reason is I wanted to, to chat with you about technology and, and, you, uh, and electric cars. Because I know you're, you're knee deep into that uh, field. Uh, much appreciated. It's very, very uh, uh, thought-provoking even conversation. Appreciate the talk. I hope that uh, you guys also, uh, uh, the audience is going to enjoy it. If uh, if you're a tech, so. just, just if you're if just you're a bit a tech lover, you're going to love it. To oh, death, yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, it's important to discuss these things because we're right in the middle of it. And yeah. some people just go about their lives and they don't think about all the privacy issues. They don't think about... Uh, the AI ramification uh, and, and all this stuff is moving ahead yep. regardless if we care about them or not it's moving ahead so I think it's very good uh, that we put it out there thank you for all your input and uh, thank you uh, I think to be honest we can chat for another two hours oh yeah, yeah can... easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> so thank you so much so if everybody wants to to, to, to continue a conversation it's Mehdi Serat on Facebook huh? yeah talking about uh, Facebook yeah. <laughs> and guys I uh, see you on the next podcast thank you very much for listening and thank you Mehdi thank you Yas for having me